This is what we say before every service. We say this because it's good to confess what you believe. If you don't confess it, the enemy has a, uh, a way of coming trying to steal that word from you. Amen. So let's say this together. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, it's hard to mess it up. Although we do a good job of trying, I think, sometimes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, today we're going to finish a series that um, began the beginning of December, actually the last Sunday in November, um, on the scripture that's in for 2 Corinthians one twenty that says, uh, yes and amen. Just say that with me, will you? Yes and amen. You know, when God says something, he means it. And so in this particular scripture, it talks about how all the promises of God are yes and amen because of Jesus, because of what Christ did on Calvary. Every promise in this Bible has been made secure. It will not change. It is permanent. We live in a covenant where God has made a way for you where you couldn't even make a way for yourself. Everybody say, thank God. <laughs> so if you'll put that scripture up for me, Sandy, 2 Corinthians one twenty. sounds like they're having a good time next door hallelujah we might want to see what they're doing that sounds like fun it's like the night kelly preached a few weeks ago and she baked cookies right before service the good news was she gave us all one by the end hallelujah but we smelled those cookies the whole service because the kitchen's just on the other side of that door so uh this is what it says for all the promises of god in him in jesus are yes and in jesus amen to the glory of god through us and so all the things that are in the word of god belong to us because of the blood of Jesus. Once we receive Christ, all these promises, we have a covenant with God that says every one of these promises in here are for you. Yes. And amen. So that God will be glorified in our lives as we live our lives in this earth. And you know, it says, I think it's in Habakkuk that it says, um, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And so what that is, is all the people of God, as we express the glory of God, that people all over the world will begin to see who God really is. You know, God has a lot of names and a lot of people see different things about God, but God is a good God. And he is a good God all the time. His word never changes. Who he is never changes. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the father. That's what he told Philip in John 14. So, you know, we didn't see Jesus going around making people sick. We didn't see Jesus going around striking out at people because they made mistakes or saying, that's too bad for you. You made a mistake. So you just have to stay like that. Everything that Jesus did was what the father would do if he were here. And Jesus went about, it says in Acts 10 38, doing good. Everybody say doing good. And it goes on and says healing uh, filled with the Holy spirit, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. The world is oppressed. How many of you would agree there's the world's in a position where they're oppressed? We don't live in that realm. We live, we have been delivered out of that place and we have been placed in a supernatural realm where all things are possible because we believe in Jesus. And so this message, uh, the first one we shared was, I will always be with you. 
you know, uh, that's a promise. That's a, a forever promise. We talked about that forever promises with God never end. I mean, they're for the earth and for always. I mean, once you receive Christ, you will never die. You will live here and then you will live in heaven, but you will always live. Now your flesh will die. Your flesh dies because it's, it stays in the earth, but your spirit, your soul go on to be with Jesus. So once you're born again, it, that's why it says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Once you know Christ, he is with you forever. And so when we arrive in heaven, we will see him face to face. But while we're here in this earth, we can see him. We see him through the word of God. We see him in the lives of people who believe in him. That's what we're supposed to reveal is the glory of God in the earth. And so I will always be with you. Matthew, in the book of first chapter of Matthew, it quotes Isaiah, but it says God said about his son that his name would be called Emmanuel, which Emmanuel means God with us. That's what's so wonderful. All of the old covenant, the people couldn't really be with God. Uh, they could they could know about God from a priest, but they could never really walk with God. We get to be with God all the time through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And then we talked about, I will always be for you. Uh, it says in Hebrews, if uh, God will never leave you or forsake you, Hebrews 13. Then it says in Romans, the book chapter 8 of Romans, it says... Uh, God is for us, what can man do for get, do against us? If God be for you, what can man do? I mean, nobody's greater than God. So if God's for you, you're a winner. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a winner. And then last week we talked about, I will always love you, which is also Romans 8, where it says nothing will ever separate us from the love of God because God is love. And so once we receive Christ, the love of God is in us. The love of God will be in us for always. Uh, I remember this song and I shared it when I shared last week and I shared it on Christmas Eve, a song my dad uh, used to love my mom to play and it was, I'll be loving you always with the love that's true always. When the things you've planned need a helping hand, I will understand always. And then it says, days may not be fair always, but that's when I'll be there always. Not for just an hour, not for just a day, not for just a year, but always. And, you know, that song just sticks in my heart because it was such a beautiful song. I found it online, but it's people my mother's age back in those, you know, in the black and white. I was going to play it for you, but I thought you might think I'm old. But it's really good. <laughs> if you ever want to look it up, it's got such a tender melody to it. And, it, it, you know, it's just the way God feels about you. I'll always, I will always love you no matter what kind of mess you've made. How many of you made a few messes? You know, we were Christmas Eve, and my, one of my grandsons, he fell asleep. And uh, we got a new recliner, and he loves that chair. And so he got in, and he was so tired. And Jack fell asleep in the chair. Well, uh, my son told my little other granddaughter, go over there and, and wake your brother up. Well, we didn't know he told her that. So she goes over, and, of course, she loves to wake her brother up. This is the one that torments her day and night. So she goes over and does something to him. He woke up, kicked the table, the lamp flew, the root beer flew, everything flew. He made a big mess. But you know what I said? Eh, don't worry. It'll, it'll come up. I wouldn't have said that as a mom, but as a grandma, it's no problem. <laughs> What is that? I think the older you get, the more you become like God. I think that's the answer. 
<laughs> when you're younger, it's more important. When you when you get older, it's like that. It's just carpet. Um, but you know, uh, we, God loves us so much, just like uh, Kelly said earlier. And it tickled me because she. It always blesses me, I guess, because when you prepare a message and then Kelly and I don't talk, and she gets up and gives your scriptures, and it's scriptures that God gave you for the message that you're given. God loves us, and He is not going to give up on you. And this is the message today. I will always make a way for you. Everybody say always. Always. That's a promise. And I want to show you what the scripture was that the Lord brought to me. It's Romans 8, 28. And uh, he began to speak to me about this scripture. My husband preached this for years. I mean, it's one of his favorite scriptures and um, mine too. But, you know, you, you don't really think about it sometimes in light of the things that we go through that we don't like to. But it says in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. You know, once you receive Christ, uh, everything that happens, everything that happens in your life will work together for good. Everybody say it's a promise. It's a forever, a forever promise. And working together means it'll cooperate, to cooperate, to collaborate, or to produce practical harmony. You know, we none of us like to go through difficult things. None of us like to go through bad things. And um, as I was preparing this Saturday morning, yesterday morning, I just, I heard this. Not everything bad, you know, or difficult that happens to you is bad for you. It may be difficult. It may be, it may be like, oh, could we get out of this really fast? Because I would feel a whole lot better if this could just be over. But then God begins to do something in us. And what it does, it produces in us courage. It produces in us trust. It produces in us hope. And and we get to see God be who he's going to be. You know, when it looks the most impossible, actually for a believer, is when we should get the most excited. Because God is going to show up. Because God will always make a way. You know, when Kelly read that scripture uh, this, this morning in Isaiah 43, I love that scripture. And uh, that was... That's the scripture that I was going to read to you second, and I'm going to read it again because it's important. 18, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The way God fixes things is not always the way we want him to. If we hold on to what we want, we will not get what he wants. Oftentimes, those real difficult places are to... uh, cause us to graduate from the level we're in to go to a higher level in him but we're like oh i want the easy way to get there there is no easy way to climb up a ladder i you know i didn't realize that i was older till i tried to climb a ladder one day you know i was going for it till i got up so high and i thought wow that looks a lot further down than it used to you know i mean that if i fell that could be serious you know so you know climbing and how many of you ever tried to climb a rope you know hold on to a rope and pull yourself those things are not easy but god God gives us grace. He gives us this thing called grace that takes us through those places, but we will never see God make a way if we don't cooperate with him. We won't if we if we try to do it our way. Everybody say, don't do that. Don't do that. So, you know, when it says here in Isaiah 43, 1, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Now that means we have escaped 
destruction of the enemy. But that doesn't mean that we have just escaped the world. I mean, we live in the world. We're in it. We're not of it because we're redeemed. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Everybody say forever promise. That's a forever promise. How many of you feel a little scorched? Well, it says here, nor shall the flame scorch you. So as long as we keep going and keep following Jesus and declaring God will make a way for me in this situation, then nothing that's happening around us can touch us or can hurt us or harm us. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, I am with you. I will bring your descendants. Now, this is good if you've got any escapees in your family. <laughs> How many of you have a few escapees? You know, they're, they're not where they're supposed to be. Well, this is good because it says, I'll bring your descendants from the east, gather you from the west, say to the, to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. In other words, no matter where they're at, north, south, east, or west, God knows where they are. Amen. And he's going to restore what the enemy has done to, to separate and to divide. We are created by God. It says created by God for good works. It says that in Ephesians 2. Could you put that verse up for me? Ephesians 2.10. This is what it says about you as a believer. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In other words, that scripture is, and it's in um, Psalm 139 where it says, even when you were in your mother's womb, he fashioned your days. He made a way for you where it didn't look like there was, you know, maybe any way for the, the woman who carried you in her womb. That's why we don't abort babies because God's fashioned their days. It doesn't matter how that happened. God loves that child. That child has a purpose, has a destiny because God has made that child. Well, if you tell that to a woman, I don't care what the case may be. If you equate that with God, that baby she's carrying, rather than the man that created that God, that baby, she will be able to carry that baby, deliver that baby, and do what's right for that baby. Amen. Praise Jesus. You cannot look at people. You must look at the truth of the word of God in order to make right decisions about situations. And we have a whole society that's not doing it. But God will make a way in spite of them. Everybody say, in spite of the government, I am a success. The government does not rule you. The next president, we need to pray because we will have somebody run in this country, but they are not in charge of your life. God Almighty is in charge of your life, and he will always make a way for you. So if you look at Ephesians 3.20, which Kelly again read this morning, it says, and I love this one because this is where God really healed my life. In 1979, God took me away for a year from everybody, and he began to say to me, I'm going to put my love in you, and it will overflow you, and it will drive out 
not all fear. It's scriptural. You can get the CD from last week, and I shared on love. But this is the last part. It says to know the height, depth, length, and breadth of God's love, to have all the fullness of God in your life, which is the love of God. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly, everybody say it, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or think according to the power that works in me, in me, the power that works in you. This isn't going to happen by osmosis. This doesn't happen because you're related to so-and-so. Doesn't happen because your parents are so-and-so. Doesn't happen because grandma so-and-so prayed for you for years. This happens because of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us. God with us. The ability to do what God's called us to do. And to be in the position for God to make a way. You know, you can't expect God to make a way if you're not doing what God says. God, we cooperate. Everybody say, we cooperate. We have to cooperate with the word and the truth of God. Now, God will come after us in our worst state, but God cannot change you. You know, I heard this yesterday morning when I was praying too, and I want to read it to you. You can change a person's behavior by correction or discipline. In other words, you can set a child down in time out, and you can curb their behavior. You can show them that if you act like that, this is the result, and you might be able to change their behavior, but you cannot change their heart. Only God can change a heart. And so the main thing that we have as people of God is to give people Jesus. Because when Jesus is in their heart, they have the ability to change. They will not change because we have so much information. Or we have so much knowledge. Or we have the ability to correct or discipline. That's not going to change the heart of the child. Only Jesus can change a heart. Because he changes it from the inside out. He gives you a new heart. The Bible says in Ezekiel, I will give you one heart, a new spirit. Uh, Take out the stony heart. How many of you know there's hard-hearted people? You heard that song, Hard-Hearted Hannah. There was an old song like that. Uh, But, you know, we're not hard-hearted people. But see, when God gets a hold of your heart, there's also this thing called pain that happens. Because love feels pain. Could I say that again? Love feels pain. Love can feel hurt. Love has all those opportunities. But yet the Bible says we're to walk in love, be imitators of Christ, and walk as he walked. Well, the only way we can do that is if we're walking like him. And uh, it says in Philippians 1.6 that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So it's God who's going to do this. We're, we're not going to make ourselves be who we need to be. If we could have done that, you know, people would have done that a long time ago. Only Jesus can change the heart of a person so that they can walk in a love that will excuse the behavior of other people. How many of you, and it's not easy to excuse some of the behaviors that we see and things that people do, but that doesn't change who we are. In Philippians um, chapter 2 it says in verse 1 therefore if there is any consolation in christ if any comfort of love if any fellowship of the spirit if any affection and mercy for fulfill my joy by being like-minded having the same love being of one accord and one mind let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself that doesn't mean you're not to take care of your own situations but it just means 
that you also have room to think about what's happening to other people, not just yourself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. Now then it goes on and it says, this is how Christ was. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not permit consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You know, um, when you, when you decide, or I decide that we're going to, we're going to walk in love because in that place, God will be able to make a way. God cannot make a way when you are angry and you are upset, uh, when you're having a pity party. You know, that's when you lay on the floor and cry about how bad it is for you. If you've never done that, I have. I know what that's like. That will not bring any relief. What brings relief is when you walk in love and then God can make a way. God makes a way when you're on God's path. And it can be hard. It can be a hard path. I'm sure that it was painful for Jesus to to look out at his mother watching him die on the cross. But that he loved everybody so much that he was willing to do that. Love feels pain as well as the good things. And, you know, so those things that we walk through in life that happen to us, there is the ability to walk through those things because God will make a way if we stay in that position that God calls us to. And where the Lord took me was to James chapter 1. And uh, I know patience isn't a favorite word of mine, probably isn't of yours. But, you know, um, I remember uh, when I finally started getting my life turned the right way, um, I thought, well... I'll just go back and fix my mess. How many of you know you can't always go back and fix your mess? And, uh, and, and, and I wasn't able to go back and fix the mess. In fact, God told me that that's, that would be deception for me to think I could go fix that mess. You know, it says the heart is deceptive above all things. The heart will deceive you. So you have to make sure you've got the heart of God and not just something that you want that's going to make things be okay. So I thought if I just go back to where I was, if I could fix that, everything would be okay. Well, in the end, God had for me Pastor Bill. And uh, I'm telling you, I got the better end of the deal here. God bless me. I mean, God told me I'm going to give you someone who will love you like I love you. And Pastor Bill, that's the way he loves me. I mean, even when I am, I said in the first service, when I'm the biggest twerp, he still, he still loves me. I mean, he doesn't do things for me because I'm, I do the right thing. He does things for me even if I do the wrong thing. And uh, this Christmas, uh, I, for for many years, I've, I look in the Macy's uh, magazines at the jewelry, the rings. And uh, when Pastor Bill and I got married, we just got bands that just had uh, a dove on them. They're very pretty. But we didn't get a diamond or anything. Well, I've always watched these things. They're called chocolate diamonds. And uh, they're so pretty. And uh, and so this year, uh, he and I were shopping together, and we were getting a, a watch for my mother. And then we ended up over by the jewelry. He said, just show me what you like. Well, sure enough, you know, I get over there by those chocolate diamonds. <laughs> and uh, I said, I like this. And he looked, he said, oh, that's really pretty. And then I saw how much it was. And then I said, well, I like this one, too. It, it was smaller. You know, it didn't have as much on it. 
And uh, so on Christmas night, he gave me that one that was the smaller one. He said, now, I want you to know this isn't the one I want you to have. I want you to have the other one. But they didn't have it. So I got this one, but we can take it back and see if they will let us still have that deal for the one that was the bigger one. So yesterday, he took me out there, and I got it. I just think it's so pretty. And he did that because he loves me. Now, I didn't do anything real good to get that. In fact, you know, if I, if I got what I deserved, it probably wouldn't be this. It might be a chocolate ice cream cone or something. But <laughs> anyway, you know, everybody say love, love. overcomes evil. It does. Good overcomes evil. The Bible says that in Romans. And so in Romans 12. And so good is the way God is. He's a good, good father. And so when we are able to walk in love, regardless of what is happening around us, in that place, God will make a way. You say, you just don't know this person I live with. Well, God does. And he knows how to make them do what he wants them to do. But He's the one who has to do it. And so it says in James, we have to be patient. Everybody say, be patient. You know, it will end. Hallelujah. If it doesn't, you'll just go to heaven and, you know, it'll be over anyway. All right. Verse 2. <laughs> There's always a good ending. James 2, 1, 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, I, I told somebody, I guess it was last service, and I've said this to people, that doesn't mean you sing the hallelujah chorus. I mean, joy is something you have on the inside from the spirit of God. And so what it says is what you're doing does not affect my happiness. <laughs> my joy is in Jesus. Yeah. And so it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. God will always show you how he's going to make a way. He will always show you. Now, it may not be the way you wanted it. Could I just say that? It may not always be the way you want it. And it may not always happen as fast as you want it. But if you do it his way, it will make a way for you to get the victory in that situation. And he says, God gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. It says, ask in faith with no doubting. Because if you doubt, you're going to be tossed all over. How many of you know that's true? And you'll become unstable. You'll become unstable. You know, I remember I was standing right back there, starting down that aisle one Sunday morning, and God said to me, do not let the way other people treat you affect who you are. That was in church. Coming down that aisle right about where Selma is sitting. I will never forget it because it changed my attitude just like that because I realized I'm not, I, I'm not being who I am. I'm 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 re, I'm a reflection of what people are doing to me. Everybody say don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. It puts you in jeopardy of this sin. Everybody say sin. It goes on. It says in verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. This is verse 12, chapter one of James. He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full blown or grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved 
brethren. God loves us. He doesn't want us to walk in deception. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of life with whom there is no variation or, or shadow of turning. Years ago in 1979, I was at ORU working, and a, a student in the uh, medical school, gave me, one of the students gave me a little card, and she gave me that verse. And I carried that card in my Bible for a long, long time, that God never changes his mind. Everybody say he never changes his mind. He always has good gifts for his children. But we can be drawn away from the path where those good gifts are if we begin to look at what people are doing to us. And that's what I felt this message today. Each message God has given us something to pray about. And uh, today I feel like it's uh, about offenses and things that come. We're not going into 2016 carrying a bunch of junk. We're not going into 2016 carrying offenses. Amen? We're not going to go there. Because God has great things ahead for us. And, you know, he doesn't always, uh, when he makes a way, sometimes it's just practical. It's not just uh, some supernatural wow thing. You know, I remember, um, I don't know when it was, I don't even remember exactly the circumstance, but somehow my husband ended up with some money. And he came to me and he said, I think I'm supposed to give this money to Annabelle, which is my, she's a sophomore at Purdue. Give this money to Annabelle and tell her to open a savings account. I will give her this money to open the savings account, but she has to promise me that she'll put 10% of everything she makes in that savings account. And she did it. She's so excited. She has so much money, she can't believe. I mean, to her, it's like she has hit the jackpot. You know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you know what? That's the heart of God. See, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. That's, that's the theme song of God. I believe that. But, but we have to follow even the practical things God says. Now, would she like to have that 10%? Because, yes, she's, she's like 19, and she likes pretty things. <laughs> and, and she likes to drink lots of coffee, and she likes, you know, loves Starbucks and all those things. But that just that putting that money in there for savings is something that God's doing that someday God's going to have made a way for her for what she's supposed to have now you know i don't know what it is for you but but we need to start looking for those ways that god has for us because those ways are going to make a way for us that will prosper when we need to prosper and it may be you know whatever it is for you i just give you that example because i got so tickled when she was so excited telling me how much money that she had saved in just this short time i mean it's just been since the summertime but you know, every time you get a little bit of money and you go put that 10% in there, it adds up and it's there when you need it. Um, I was reading um, in Joyce Meyer. I've read her this this daily devotional. It's a great one. Trusting God day by day. Um, incidentally, I'm going to read through the Bible again. This year, New Living Testament went and bought me a new one. I always get a new one because if I've read through it, I might see something and it's just the same old stuff. But I always like to give fresh eyes to what God might say. And so it's New Living Testament. Read through. Just This takes 15 minutes. They're back there. takes 15 minutes a day to read through the Bible in a year. Only 15 minutes. And uh, you don't, I'm not asking you to do a thorough study of it. Just read it because it will hide the word of God in your heart. And when God wants to make a way, he'll speak to you through his word. And there you'll know. So anyway, and then I always read a devotional. So I was reading Joyce's and uh, the 27th for today was God wants you to show mercy to people. So I skipped over that one real quick. And then I went to, <laughs> how many of you know it's not always easy to show mercy? 
you know, my, my prayer for Christmas this year was, God, let me walk in grace. Just grace. Not what I see, not what I hear, not what things are happening around me, but the grace of God. Because God's grace is his ability, his favor to be able to be who you're supposed to be. So this is what tomorrow says, and so you can use this this week. The Bible says to shake it off. Whoever will not receive and accept and welcome you, nor listen to your message, as you leave that house or town, shake the dust off, shake the dust of it from your feet. Now, it doesn't say shake the person till they get it. It doesn't say get man, slam the door. It says shake the dust. Shake what Satan is trying to do off your feet. In other words, get rid of the, the rejection that you felt at that moment because people don't reject you. They reject Jesus. Okay? So get over yourself. It ain't even about you. They reject the spirit of God because the devil doesn't want them free. That's what's happening. So it says when somebody offends or rejects us, we need to see it as a bite from Satan and just shake it off. Now, um, you know, I had just that morning, for some reason, when I turned on my television, I don't know what channel it was on, but um, it was this evil Santa Claus, and he was all in black. And, and he was driving a sleigh, and he said, I'm not going to have reindeer this year for my sleigh. I'm going to have snakes. And this sleigh takes off with all these snakes pulling it. Well, how gross is that? I mean, I thought, what channel would even have something like that on it? But because I had seen that, then I read this, and I thought, oh, that's what happens when we take an offense. A snake grabs a hold of us. Well, there's some people who are got snakes all over them. They're a walking snake pit because they've allowed all those things to grab hold of their life. Now, that is a gory scene if you just had seen Santa with his snakes because then I felt like the Lord said, that's what the devil does. He's got a sleigh full of evil that he tries to give people, and he's got snakes that bite people and give them that whatever present it is that he's delivering, and we don't want those gifts, amen? We want the good gifts because the good gifts come down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning or variableness. In other words, they're always going to work, and when we're in that place, God can make a way. But when you're in this place where you have these offenses and all of this stuff, uh, Joyce Meyer, this is what she says. The Bible promises us, everybody say, all the promises are yes and amen. The Bible promises us that God will lead us and walk us out of our troubles. But we cannot be led by the Spirit if we are offended in turmoil. We get away from the storms of life. We can't get away from the storms of life or the temptation to be irritated by someone if we can respond. But we can respond to offenses by saying, get this, God, you are merciful. You are merciful. Remember when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And you are good. And I'm going to put my confidence in you until this storm passes over. You know, she equates the story, you know, of um, Paul in the book of Acts. When that serpent got a hold of him, came up out of that fire. I mean, he'd just been delivered from a shipwreck, but that serpent was still after him. And when it got a hold of him, he shook it off. I believe when we shake those things off, we allow the Spirit of God to heal us right then. But if we don't shake it off, it's going to sit there and keep putting that venom in us over and over and over again.
The Bible says he who the sun sets free is free indeed. But the devil's whole deal is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is like a serpent. He became as a serpent in that garden when he went after Eve, and he has not changed his tactics. He will never change who he is. He's a liar and a thief. But the good news is God never changes. He says, I will not change. That's in Malachi chapter 3. I do not change. And so the truth is, we have a miracle working God. And if we stay in that path that God has made for us, we walk in that love and we determine, I'm going to be merciful because he is merciful. She even says in there, uh, how do we expect God to be merciful to us if we're not merciful to others? That's, that's a thought right there. But this is what it says in Hebrews. It says, we have a God we can run to. And the world is running around looking for who is going to help them. If you, if you don't believe that, just look at the television. I mean, people are looking for anybody who says they're going to help somebody. But the world doesn't have an answer to help us, only Jesus. And this is what it says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's the way we should be. That when people see us, they see mercy and grace. Now, I know that's not always the easiest thing to give, but once you receive it, it becomes easier to give. So today, I want us to stand. I want to pray for you. That today the mercy and grace of God is going to heal you and that you're going to shake off all of those things because we are not going into 2016 with a bunch of stuff attached to us. I shared this in the first service um, every year. Well, I, I, I write down my prayers in like a journal and usually it ends up that I go through four notebooks by the end of the year and they're like, you know, January to March. It just turns out that way. It's like they fill up that way. I, I don't plan it. But if they don't, I always switch and I go to a new one. And uh, last year in January, uh, or in, yeah, it was January, I had just started my new one. And uh, all of my 2014 was in my car, along with the last October through December of 2013. And in 2013, God had really spoken some things to me. That's when he gave me that word mid-course correction for multiplication, which I had no idea what that meant at the moment. But, um, and he would always say to me, go back and read what I told you. Go back and read what I told you. Because if you stay on that path, you'll be all right. I'm going to make a way. And uh, so I would do that. But I had all this stuff from 2014. You know, when you go through things that are bad for you, seem bad to you and you think, this just can't be working together for good. But God says, yes, it is. It's working for good. I'll, I'll show you. When you walk through this, when you come out of this, you'll be able to handle the world that you're going to face as we go forward. You know, you don't know what's tomorrow, but God does. And he gets you ready to be successful in tomorrow. And uh, so for some reason, somebody broke into my car and, and took my bag of journals of all 2014 and 20, that one of 2013. Well, long story short, 
I never, I, I was praying, God, bring me back my journals. Because, you know, they have things that I've written that I felt like God said to me. And um, a lady walked in from the beauty shop four, do- four doors down and brought in the journal from the last quarter of 2013, where God gave me the whole thing about uh, mid-course correction for multiplication and how it would go. She brought that in. She works in the beauty shop. She doesn't, I've never seen her. I didn't see her that day, but she brought it in and said, I think this must belong to somebody here. So she, and she had been reading in it. And what I had written that day, she would just shared with somebody sitting in her chair. And so, you know, she brought that journal back to me and gave it to the, to, to the office to give to me. Well, I was so excited, but I thought, well, God, what about the, what about the rest of them? He said, that year's over. Put it, up, put it behind. Don't want you to remember that year ever again. My journals were gone. That's how I remember is when I go back and read my journals. You know, sometimes you hear so much from God, you can't remember at all. It's nothing to do with my age. I have a good memory. The memory of the righteous is blessed. Hallelujah. Even though that's not in context, I still use it. Hallelujah. Because I like it. But, uh, you know, it's the way I read it. Hallelujah. But, but I'm just saying, God does not want you to meditate former things. Good, bad, or ugly. You can rehearse those things. They'll give you courage, those good things that happened. But but you can think of them when they, but don't let them be your memory for this year. God is going to do a new thing. But if you have snakes hanging all over, you're going to be a slow runner in this race. I got a note from Janet Lay on my, I got a text from her. And she said, um, Malachi 4.2, I just read it. Tell Bill, get ready to run. <laughs> you know, God is never finished with us. He always has things for us to do. So be listening for the word of God for 2016. Amen. Because he'll start speaking it to you. It's coming. It starts this Friday, January 1st. Pick up your prayer guide and let's get on this for whatever God's got in store for us. Because God not only saying this through me, he said it through Kelly right out of worship. So you might want to turn to your neighbor and say, heads up. (laughs) Heads up, God's speaking. Let's bow our heads right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person here.